Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles postgame show after, I would say, an uneven performance by the Eagles, but a win nonetheless, 2-0 with a 34-28 victory. We will get to Jalen Hurts looking a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket. We can get to whether this offense uh, is what we saw in 2022, but I think we start with DeAndre Swift, Jamie, Ooh. in his homecoming 28 carries for 175 yards and a touchdown. Meanwhile, the defensive line looks dominant early on. What are your initial reactions after the Eagles go 2-0? Yeah, those are probably the top two um, surface-level uh, reactions is DeAndre Swift had himself a game, and they got themselves a running back one. I'm a little confused as to what the hell happened with the running back rotation last week after seeing question. that. Maybe they were trying to keep – one of the guys fresh for this week on the four days rest. I don't know. Uh, and the other, you know, just immediate takeaway is this defensive line looks nasty. Looks serious. Yeah. Really Josh Sweat was a menace tonight. Jalen Carter is a man. Fletcher Cox looks like he's 27 years old again. Jordan Davis, you know, was uh, to great. me like the Jordan Davis jump is maybe the most impressive thing, yeah. most unexpected thing. Now he was a little bit banged up in this game. We'll, we'll hear about that. Uh, we've got a lot to get to. We're going to hear from Nick Sirianni. You know, we're going to find out what he says. We're going to talk to Zach Berman live from Lincoln Financial Field in a little bit. Feel free to chime in on the chat. We're going to uh, have a little bit of a back and forth here. But uh, first of all, I mean, make sure to, to like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. You got to pound that stuff, make us move up those rankings. But uh, I, what, a, what a weird game. Very Jamie. strange. The first half of this game was one of the weirdest halves yeah. you know, you've ever seen. What the was Eagles there, six keep, turnovers? I think five total turnovers five. in the first half. The Eagles have, the, have like, you know, six possessions to the, to the Vikings three, and they go into the half like you're feeling good, even though it's 10 to 7, um, or 13 to 7, rather. And, like, they did not deserve to be winning that game in the first half, aside from the, the turnovers that they were forcing. But, like... The offense, I think there are some serious issues. The, the good news is they've got this little mini buy before, you know, week sure. three is a Monday night game. But, like, uh, it's crazy that the Eagles are 2-0. and uh, They have played two sort of okay games. And, and I feel like the biggest story of the season so far is, like, is Jalen Hurts okay? Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite strange because – the potential's there to be better, and they're 2-0, and and they put up 34 points tonight. And I, I'm trying to be, like, the rational person and, like, get that into my mind. Like, this team is 2-0. and They have not played well. You get two wins however you can get them. That's fine. And they, and they are too talented on offense yes. to not be able to figure it out. With A.J. Brown, who we will get to, is, is sort of chirping on the sideline, maybe asking for the ball. I'm sure Zach will have some information on, on what that was all about. But with Devontae Smith, who had two monster catches in this game, 28, uh, who had uh, four catches for 131 yards Whew. and a touchdown, which is what happens. He's when got you dad strength now. 250-plus catches. You hit your 250-plus your, uh, play apart. I did, plus 1,000. Thank you, DraftKings. Very nice. Yeah. Um, all of that said, like Jalen Hurts looks like he looks flummoxed. He looks uncomfortable in the pocket right now. And it doesn't look like he's reading the whole field. I want to. I'm very curious to see like what the the film tells us. But just off a of TV copy, like I'm I'm a little bit worried about Jalen Hurts right now. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a little bit of a 50-50 split there with him and Brian Johnson. The the RPOs and the quarterback draws. 
Uh, I was doing kind of a count in my head as we went. He ended up getting tackled, I think, at least 12 times this mm -hmm. game, uh, which is far too many times for your franchise quarterback to be getting tackled. Uh, he missed one to DeAndre Swift, kind of made the wrong uh, read on yeah, an RPO. Yeah, there were a couple weird reads that he made, yeah, and ones where like DeAndre Swift had a monster hole. Yeah, yeah, and the interception was a bad read by him. You can blame Brian Staring Johnson down. for that all you want, but he missed a double coverage kind of zone. Uh, and threw he was right just into staring it. him down. It, yeah. it it sort of seemed like, and he he looks sort of hesitant to pull the trigger. It looks like he's sort of playing like 2021 one read stare down, and he's not seeing the whole field. He's not getting through his progressions. I, it, it it's such a weird feeling because he was so amazing last year. I I it's it's hard to even remember what it was like when he looked a little bit uncomfortable. Back yeah, there. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago in, in a previous life of mine, and uh, I just said, you know, like, I understand it's all puppy dogs, rainbows, and ice cream here, but, you know, there's like 5% of me that goes, he was so good so fast last mm. year that it's almost natural that there's a little bit of a regression. That doesn't mean he's going to, like, suck or anything. Sure. But, you know, we talked about it in the pregame show. The the book is kind of out on this offense, and they seem to be taking away that quarterback draw option that opens things up. Credit to Brian Johnson and the Eagles for adjusting in the second half. They just started pounding the rock, pounding the rock, pounding the rock. And then when the Vikings, you know, come down in the box to take that away, boom, Devontae Smith can take the top off the defense. Uh, and that might be the new way they go about attacking this now is, is wear people down with the run game wait for you to collapse and, th and then blow it up over the top. We'll see, but you got to give him credit for the adjustment at halftime. Well, that is when this game changed, in my oh, opinion, absolutely. is when they, they started to lean on that run game. And if you guys want to pull up that, that graphic, they had trouble moving the ball in their first three possessions. Yeah, right? it, was, it was it pretty was, ugly. It was really ugly. And then at 7-3, at to three, they just go, all right, let's lean on the offensive line. Let's give the ball to DeAndre Swift, and they go 16 plays, 75 yards. 13 of those 16 plays were runs, most of them to DeAndre Swift. And it was like, okay, you could exhale a little bit. We are, we are absolutely dominating up front. And, you know, if you are like Howie Roseman, this is kind of like, you know, you sort of pat yourself on the back a little bit because, absolutely. okay, Jalen Hurts uh, did not play very well in this game. The passing game itself was a, was pretty muddled. They didn't have any completions between 12 yards and 50 plus. Um, that's that's kind of a crazy stat. And they're without their you know linebackers and their safeties. And all of that aside, they won this game because they dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and the offensive line, I mean, they're maulers. Uh, you know, that one big swift run you saw, uh, you know, the, the Vikings D-line was just completely frozen on that. It allowed Swift to get outside. Uh, but, yeah, that's when the game ch changed. And, you know, for as much as uh, Philadelphia Eagles fans love to run, uh, yell, run the ball, they certainly did that there, and it changed the game. And DeAndre Swift was incredible tonight, and it, it appears they lost another running back uh, to the IL here uh, uh, in yeah, Boston, Boston Scott, Scott with a concussion. concussion it looked so like. now you're two running backs down, two games into the year. You know, uh, they'll probably Gainwell will probably be back by the next game, and I'm assuming Boston Scott will be too. Uh, but you know, the running backs are getting beat up here, and uh, it's fine as long as you're winning games. They also lose Avante Maddox in this game, which, as you said, as we were watching, like, Avante Maddox is a good player, 
He has trouble staying on the field. He does. And that's how you, that's how you get in the fourth quarter. Mario Goodrich one-on-one with Justin Jefferson, which uh, is probably advantage Vikings. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm not going to beg for that matchup anytime soon. Uh, but, yeah, Vontae, he's a really good player, and it's a shame he just can't stay on the field. Uh, hopefully Zach might have an update for us after getting to the press conferences and, and in the locker room there. Uh, hopefully it's something minor. But, yeah, the injuries are – are piling up quickly here two games into into the year yeah it's i mean it's it, less than I guess, ideal i guess there is a little bit of this which is you know they didn't play guys in the preseason right and so now these guys are getting hit for the first time and this is when injuries come but uh it is nice to have the mini buy it's nice to now have this game past them and again like we are uh they're two and oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. not trying to seem too negative here they are two and oh and that's what matters uh but the injuries are unfortunate and Brian Johnson, if he didn't adjust at halftime, he was going to learn about Philadelphia real quick. Yeah, I mean, the boos were coming out that third possession, and I thought they were fair. They were warranted, yeah. The offense looked awful. It did. Uh, And again, Goddard. It's so much of the of this like yeah Goddard again. Um, Where I don't really know what his role is right now through two games. Well, he did lead the team in receptions in this game. <laughs> he had six catches for 22 yards. I was gonna say, what do we got like 16 uh, yards or something? That's gonna be a, uh, that's gonna be uh, for the uh, those of you who listened to the la- yesterday's podcast. That's gonna be a uh, an egg for me because Dallas Goddard led the wide receivers and tight ends uh, in touches. That's a point for me over Zach. Everybody cares about that. And we got a hail mary <laughs> at the end of the game. Good stuff for me. Um, yeah, so that, that's a Goddard loss. goes six for 22. A.J. Brown goes four for 29. Devontae Smith goes four for 131, as we said yeah. before. What did you make of the A.J. Brown thing? Uh, Diva wide receiver wanting the ball. I Probably nothing more than that. Uh, I'm curious what Zach will dig up there in the locker room. Um, I think they all know A.J., and I don't think it'll be – to uh i mean we saw this creeping in during the playoffs last year right in that giants game and you know aj brown deserves the ball more this is part of why like it it is a real thing just handling the the like the egos of these guys getting aj brown and Devontae smith and dallas goddard all enough of the ball that they're happy you know they, they care about winning too but that's a real thing that they have to worry about in that locker room it's a real dynamic yeah absolutely and it is with any number one receiver that's getting paid 20 million dollars a year uh you know i'm sure if justin jefferson wasn't getting fed the ball he'd be looking at kirk cousins like what the fuck are you doing man i'm justin jefferson and aj brown has that same of probably mindset of yo i'm i'm uh, i'm jacked batman like get me the ball mm. uh hopefully it's nothing more than that they're pretty good friends you know, Brian Johnson and Jalen obviously go way back here. So hopefully it's something they just brush right off their shoulder and say, your game's coming, your game's coming. We'll see. But I like the idea of, like, if the Eagles have to move on from Brian Johnson and do the classic overcorrection, it's like <laughs> they have to make sure that the offensive coordinator they hire has never met Jalen Hurts before <laughs> in his life. Yeah. Uh, you don't want AJ to start thinking, what are these two conspiring against me here? Jalen Hurts I met. Sorry. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, maybe, um, maybe they want Devontae to get that big contract, so they're going to feed him go. all season long. And AJ's already got the bag. So Now, you mentioned Justin Jefferson. You know, he has a, a very productive game, 11 for 159. A lot of it sort of came late. And I actually thought that Darius Slade did a pretty good job on him when he was on him. The Eagles were trying to let him follow him a- across the field wherever he could. But really, I mean, if you look at it, the difference in this game is that play at the end of the first half where uh, Terrell Edmonds sure. gets the ball out as Justin Jefferson is trying to reach it over for a touchdown. It goes out of bounds. The Eagles get the ball. 
Jake Elliott kicks a 61-yarder. So that goes from – that's a 10-point swing. It goes from being a Vikings touchdown to an Eagles field goal. They win the game by six. And as uh, so many people said online – the Eagles have never not won the Super Bowl in a season in which Jake Elliott makes a 61-yard field goal. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, you saw Justin Jefferson as, uh, you know, they were cutting away to halftime on the Amazon Prime feed, and he was shaking his head like, yep, I screwed up. I screwed up. That's on me. My bad. Uh, but you're right. That was a huge swing. If they score there, it's a completely different game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you mentioned you hit that. that nice parlay. Yeah, nice little plus 1,000 thanks to the 250-yard plays. No big deal. And you can get in on the action as well because football is back. As you know, the Eagles are 2-0 and and the league is in full swing with another week of epic games. And who has got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on this action. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and get and use code PHLY, as you see there on the screen, to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem with gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 and over. Ver age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football. Terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Well, I'm coming for you, DraftKings. Coming for your money. So... I mean, this game, it, it, what a weird game this was. It was Just a strange the flow game. Of it because it, it was like the Eagles did not deserve to be winning at halftime. You know, I don't say like don't deserve because they did force those turnovers, but, you know. But they, they didn't capitalize on them. They didn't capitalize on them at all. And then they go up 27-7 in the third quarter. You're thinking, okay, this is going to be a party. Vikings score uh, two touchdowns in a row, get down to 27-21. And this is where you're like, okay, are the Eagles going to respond here? Are they going to sort of flitter this away? And they were able to just lean on the ground game uh, on that drive, although there was a nice completion from, from Jalen Hurst to A.J. Brown on third down that then set up the long DeAndre Swift run. And then at the end of the game, they have to recover a, uh, you know, an onside kick after the, the Vikings go down and score. But I think if we're looking for the positive, I mean, that defensive line was dominating. Yeah, they were, whew, man. I mean, we were, Josh Sweat had himself a game. He was all over Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, with the, the forced fumble, hit him right in the numbers there. Uh, he was held by the neck on that Josh Job uh, blown coverage touchdown. Yeah, tough to really, like, uh, ask for a call there when the guy's that wide open. Yeah, um, but Josh Sweat had a game. You know, the two Georgia Bulldogs in the middle. Fletcher Cox looks great all of a sudden. You know, having Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter there to kind of, you know, relieve him of, of a full-time duty is, is paying off big time for Cox. He looks like he's a young man all over again. Uh, didn't notice a ton from Brandon Graham tonight, but that's okay when you're getting the production from everybody else. Brandon Graham does a great job of, uh, you know, kind of setting an edge and keeping the pocket what it is. Not that Kirk Cousins is mobile, 
Uh, but yeah, the defensive line looks like they're world beaters out there. Josh Sweat had five quarterback hits in this game. Yeah, he was all over the place. He is. I said it to you, and I, I don't. I didn't mean it for it to be takey. I think I actually believe this. I, I'm kind of yeah. formulating this in my head. Uh, I'm not watching every team every Sunday, but to me, when I watch him, he appears on the cusp of being like a top 10 DN in this league. He's I don't think that that's good. crazy. He, he's beat like the sat, the one sack he had, he beat the guy inside when he was getting kind of, mm -hmm. you know, physically jacked up by the, by the face mask. He beat him around the edge on the outside. He's got, uh, you know, a lot of moves and he seems to win a lot right now. Uh, and his get off, you know, time on the line is tops in the league. He's just, He's an athletic freak, and, and uh, this might be the year that Josh Sweat really cements himself as a guy that deserves to be paid a lot more. Now, to be fair, you know, he was going up against a backup left tackle. Sure. And yeah, then yeah. another backup left tackle because <laughs> yeah. he knocks that guy out he of the game. He bulldozed that guy right yeah. on his ass. I mean, I, he, was, he was awesome in this game. Meanwhile, Hassan Reddick, uh, not even on the stat sheet in this game. Yeah. And it's been a quiet start to the season. It has, but that was the same thing last year. I remember Nick Sirianni mm. going, he's close, guy. He was talking yeah. to you, you media hounds going, oh, yeah. he's close, That's guys. Beats. He's close, believe me. And then sure enough, he comes out of nowhere and just starts racking up the sacks. And, um, you know, maybe it's the same thing again here. But, you know, as long as they're all winning like this, you can you can deal. Yeah, this was this was similar to the Patriots game, I think, in which like the defensive line dominated, but the but the Vikings were making a concerted effort to get rid of the ball. Only two sacks, but uh, ten quarterback hits. Yeah, uh, you know they forced three fumbles. One of them was was Edmonds, but and one of them was was Maddox, which was a nice play. But the sweat force fumble, sack force fumble that sets up the Fletcher Cox return in the early early third quarter touchdown a huge play in this game because the Vikings have the ball at the start of the half and could go take the lead. Yeah. Kevin B in the chat here. Uh, and thanks everybody for hanging out in the chat here with us on these late nights, birds, victories. Kevin says, uh, you know, he might've been hurt a little bit. So we'll definitely check in with Zach. Um, none of us are worried about Reddick. I mean, he's, you know, three straight years of double digit sacks. He'll get his, uh, hopefully he wasn't too banged up there by the end of the game. I didn't catch that if he was, uh, but that's why we got the serious newsman down at the link to bring that's us right. the latest. Stone Cold Newsman. <laughs> um, Kirk Cousins, 31 for 43 for 364 and four touchdowns, which is about, um, you know, about as empty of a great yeah, uh, I was gonna say, that's, fantasy line as, as I can think of. But well, I had Aaron Rodgers in fantasy, and I was forced to pick him up. So, I mean, I'll take that as be a worse, fantasy yeah. owner, yeah. Um, but that's a, that's a pretty deceiving stat line for this game. I was never once really intimidated by cousins a lot of it came late you know they started doing the sticks yeah. defense and and the blown coverages i mean kj osborne was butt naked in the end zone nobody was even <laughs> within like 10 yards of him um so you know it is what it is kirk cousins i think that's 11 and 19 now that's right in, now yeah. in nighttime uh, primetime games so uh, eagles contributed to that stat getting a little worse uh alexander madison what a night. Your garbanzo beans. Eight carries for 28 yards. <laughs> so my best bet from pregame hit there. Unfortunately, I did not hit the A.J. Brown long So we cash, both so went one and one. We both went one and one. I had the Ooh, over okay. and Dallas Goddard the over. The big wins again. Goddard does not go over, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, you know, you see that empty Kirk Cousins stat line, and it does raise a little bit of concern about, um, you know, the secondary in the middle of the field. I think that's going to be a concerted effort by OCs to attack uh, the Eagles over the middle of the field here. You know, Bradbury coming back was obviously going to help that, but 
Uh, you know, hopefully Ed Reed Blankenship is uh, is close to returning because, you know, uh, they need as much help in the middle of the field as they can get. Yeah, so uh, it did end up being Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham in Who the middle of the field. terrible? No, I didn't think they were terrible. C- Cunningham um, made a couple nice Cunningham plays. Cunningham was a little bit more active than he yeah. was last week. Um, you know, he was, he was taken advantage of a couple times on those plays to the side, on those bootlegs, but uh, it, he didn't look that bad. And then at safety, it was mostly Evans and Edmonds, although Sidney Brown was in occasionally, especially late in the first half, it looked like. Um, you know, they got by. Yeah, they did. They got by. There were some Band-Aids out there. And then you've got Josh Jobin, and then, as we said, Maddox goes down, and it's Goodrich. And so, I mean, you're dealing with, in, in the back seven, I think you've got two of your projected starters, really? Three, yeah. I guess, if you count Cunningham? Yeah, and that's... Not ideal? It's it's nice now to have 10 uh, yeah. days off here, and hopefully some of these guys can get healthy. Uh, real curious to talk to Zach tonight. Uh, that Maddox one, um, you know, Bradbury will be back. That was concussion protocol. You're not going to turn that around in four days. Right. Uh, but hopefully Maddox isn't serious uh, because that's a big loss, and then all of a sudden Job will be thrown in probably uh, to a bigger role here. So let's fingers crossed that... Uh, it's nothing too serious on that end. Yeah, I, I, I sort of can't get away from like the main takeaway being twofold. One is that, okay, our lines of scrimmage are dominant. Yes. That's awesome. That's as That's something designed. to build off of every week. Yeah. That's what we want it to be. And as long as that's the case, we can sort of wait on the passing game to come together. But it's hard to disentangle from watching live like what is Hurts, what is the design of the offense, you know, there's all of these like quick passes wide that sort of, you know, don't inspire me. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said, there's that that big gulf. There's no no completions more than 12 yards except for the two bombs to Devonte Smith. And I just I, I'm very curious to see and to talk to people who know better than I do about you know what is Jalen Hurts missing uh, and and what is not there at all. Yeah, Brian Baldinger is going to be doing some work with us here um, at PHLY. So. You know, I'm excited to see some of his film breakdown of this offense because, yeah, I'm also curious. Did they kind of figure out what they are here in the second half, which is, uh, you know, maybe that RPO, you know, PRO uh, isn't really there all the time in the beginning because it seems like teams are spying Hurts a little bit more. And I don't know if he seems to be keeping it more on the rushes. He was hit way too much for my liking tonight. Yeah, and he doesn't, and he, he doesn't look quite as dynamic. I don't yeah. know if there is like a hidden injury or something like that. So he had he ended up having uh, twelve carries for thirty five yards and two touchdowns. I mean, you know, poor DeAndre Swift still gets his touchdown one thirty one, but like <laughs> he should have had that other one too. Like, you know, yeah, I thought I, I thought they owed him comes the in, one. taps in, so like, <laughs> let me get this one here. Yeah. Um, but you know, but, the offense once the running game got going. And then you saw Devontae Smith come to li- uh, alive there, and, and maybe that's something they start implementing going forward. Also, at the same time, when you saw how sloppy this game was, you know, September is the preseason now in a way. Mm. So maybe maybe it's too much of a reaction. I don't know. I guess we'll find out in a week or two uh, as we get, you know, games three through five under our belts here. Um, maybe it's just knocking the rust off. I thought it was real interesting last week when Sirianni said – you know, I'll can I'll reconsider. You know, my preseason stance. Maybe I don't think he's saying that unless he knows that these are preseason games. And it's I kind of hate that. I kind of hate like 
Oh, believe, yeah. believe in what you believe yeah. in. Yeah, and you you've know? been healthy to start right. each year. Uh, and who's to say? And that's what matters more, yeah. Yeah, I mean, are 12 plays in the preseason going to all of a sudden get the right. rust off? Probably not, um, but it would be good, I guess, for, for those units to just kind of gel a little bit there in the preseason. I don't know. I personally would just stick with keeping my team healthy. Um, I agree. Because I think the whole league is on the same level right now. I mean, week one in the NFL was drunk. Like, that was that was a weird week, mm -hmm. and a lot of teams look sloppy. Uh, and, you know, so if everybody's on the same playing field, you're superior to a lot of teams. Just ride it out for September. And all the more reason that... You know, you can take a deep breath and say, okay, we're 2-0. Oh. Yeah. Like, you know, we've got some, we got a lot to work on, but, you know, we're in better shape than the Chiefs and the Bengals and the Bills, these other potential Super Bowl contenders who, you know, have yeah, lost sure. games. And when you look at the Niners game and the Cowboys game and the Eagles game, you know, the three teams that are going to be there in the NFC, the defense is ahead of the offense. And I just think that's the case for September football. Uh, the Eagles defense is ahead of their offense. And that's fine. Um, you know, when you have a defensive line like that, uh, that's causing turnovers and, and doing all that, then, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. It's fine. Uh, how about this disparity? Oh, I got Derek Bodner talking about my legs in the chat. What an honor. He says the legs are even better in person. <laughs> I think I can testify to that. <laughs> All scarred up. The, the yeah. thing that you guys are missing, the feet. Oh, yeah. Until you see these uh, feet. The, the flip-flops. Yeah. Not, not quitting them anytime soon. As, uh, as, as Rex Ryan would say, I bet a lot of men would like to do a lot of things to those feet. <laughs> those are nice feet. You mind if I touch them? <laughs> oh, um, how about this disparity? Well, let, real quick. 200. Can, can you ever look at Rex Ryan and not think that? Because I can't. Of course not. Every time I see him, I just think of that foot video. Yeah. Of course okay. not. Continue on. Uh, 259 rushing yards for the Eagles, 28 for the Vikings. Woo. I mean, that's the Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox effect right there. And the game script, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I but mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, you hand the ball off, the guy's getting killed in the backfield. Like, okay, let's just stop doing that. Let's throw the ball at Zach Cunningham. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, those guys are monsters. I, you know, Jalen Carter, uh, the baby rhino, as they were calling him. Mm. I, I told people to bet him for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, I believe on DraftKings he was, I want to say, plus 700 or plus 800 before the season started. I would wager, and I'll look it up as, as soon as I can get on, uh, that he, he's probably the favorite now after two weeks to be your Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, that's, prob that's probably right. I think he had the most quarterback rushes or hurries week one of any Yeah, the most pressures of any, yeah. Ever. I mean, like, that's great stuff. This kid is... The Eagles got an absolute steal at pick number nine, and we all know why he fell. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's one we're going to look back on in a couple years and go, damn, they really lucked out. And that's a credit to Howie Roseman for getting those draft picks, man. Uh, you know, I, it's not very often that a team going to the Super Bowl is getting a top ten pick. Yeah, and, and a you, top two talent in the yeah. draft, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I, and I will say, I've said this before, but, like, talking to guys – um, around the team this summer, it is rare for the locker room to be that enamored with a rookie. Yeah. Like they really would, would try to keep expectations in check for a rookie. And they're still trying to keep expectations in check, but, you know, you can tell that Jalen Carter was the talk of the locker room this summer. And, you know, I do this piece every year that's just who's going to have a big season, and no one has ever had a higher percentage uh, than Jalen Carter got this year. I think and I he's read a rookie. This. And it's like... 
they know. The guys know. Um, and you can see it on the field. He's been awesome. I, but what I didn't expect was, was how good Jordan Davis has looked early because uh, that's not exactly what I saw on the field this summer as a pass rusher. And they're letting him rush the passer on third down, and he's getting there. It's, it's impressive. Yeah, I mean, the two of those, you know, the things I read about him at Georgia was that they – you know, and it's hard to translate that college uh, is going to transfer right over to the NFL. But the thing I kept reading about these Georgia kids was that they had such a good understanding of one another and played off of one each uh, off of one another without speaking. They just had this unspoken understanding, uh, and in particular Davis and Carter, that they could just play off of each other. Each other would know what the other was doing. Uh, and if they can tag team some interior linemen, <laughs> hey, hey, now, uh, then, you know, <laughs> these two are going to be special. So apparently Nick Sirianni said about the uh, conversation with A.J. Brown on the sideline, said the conversations we have on the field are going to be private. Y'all <laughs> don't need to know what was going on there. Uh, see, I expected jo uh, like a joke kind of shrug off there by Nick. The fact he said that tells me... Uh, he probably didn't like what he heard too much. Which just a guess. Fair. Just a guess. I mean, you know, you're winning the game. Yeah. At that point, they're up two scores. Now, if one I thing said I the over-under at like three and a half uh, F-bombs in that little tirade, are you taking the over or the under? Oh, over for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, now, one thing I should say, uh, shout out to uh, DFOP coach Flynn. He was pounding this early when they go up 27-7. Uh, so you got to go for two. You got to make the scores. That's a good point. I thought about it a couple even times. Even sevens, and they had a couple. They had, when they scored to go up thirty-four twenty-one, they should have done it then too, because otherwise you risk losing the game there at the end. Yeah, yeah, that did cross my mind at some. No point. No difference being up thirteen and being up twelve, whereas and, fourteen and thirteen is a huge difference. Yeah, uh, and usually Sirianni and his staff are are pretty adept at knowing Listen, those types of things. Uh, September is preseason for them too. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, that is a, that is a pretty good point there. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk Foco now. Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. Just take a look around this beautiful set. Thank you to Foco for that. Best, it is the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It is football and tailgating season, so they've got your overalls. They've got your hoodies. They've got your hats, your sunglasses, your bags, everything you need for a game. Foco has hooked PHLY up with all of this stuff in the studio, and they've got our back for Philly sports. They have yours, too. So get the best gear around by using the link in our description, which you can see on the screen there. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY for 10% off. I sort of miss watching Zach in the locker room right now. I'm like, you know, I do, there's, there's a, like there's a part of me that wants to be there. Yeah. yeah. Is he a hustler in there bouncing around? Well, you know, he likes to make sure that he's there for the press conferences, okay. specifically the Jalen Hurts and the Nick Sirianni ones, because those are like... The press conferences of record. He wants to be able to ask the questions of record that he needs to. Whereas generally, I'm more just um, like looking to hang around and find a guy to talk to him by myself yeah, in the locker room, one on one. Um, but I still I like watching Zach work. It's yeah, be, uh, we might have to start the cliche counter for the uh, the post game press conferences with Jalen and Nick. Uh, the more and more, you know, as an outsider, you know, I've been down there a ton and and been to a ton of press conferences. I, uh, you guys are different in that you have to get your quotes on record and, and use them in your stories. Me as somebody that um, can't write, 
and should never write for all phly.com. <laughs> I just, uh, I'm over them. Like, I, I, I'm with you. Like, I'd the rather. The lamp is never full. Yeah, it's just like cliche after cliche after cliche. I'd rather get the guys in the locker room if I was doing that job and see if I can get a little little dirt dish to me. Hey, uh, what, did it, what was AJ actually saying mm. there? What was up? You know, are they all right? Um, so, yeah, I, I understand why all you guys have to go to those press conferences, but uh, rarely do I hear anything mm. interesting in them. I feel like maybe we are underselling just how dominant the run game was tonight. Um, what did you think of, like, the way that DeAndre Swift ran? Um, he's, he's a little bit quicker than I realized, I think. Like, on that one play, the, you know, close to 50-yard run he had, he got to the outside a little bit faster. He's kind of got, like, the short steps mm -hmm. through the tackles, uh, and then he has the ability to kind of gallop and get it going. Uh, he he was uh, he was really impressive. The, well, not there there is power to his run game, but we didn't really see it mm. tonight. It was more that elusive. He did a speed. good job like falling forward though. When, yes. when he when he did go between the tackles, he did a good job getting that yeah. extra yard. Um, now Zach is going to come on and he's going to talk about how much he's been gazing up. DeAndre Swift all summer. This has been, <laughs> in his opinion, the summer of Swift. I mean, it was he's a fourth round pick. He's been talking it up that this guy's going to, you know, be a monster on the offense. Week one, he gets one touch. <laughs> Week two, he goes 28 for 175 and a touchdown so with uh, three catches and six yards. 176 yards in two games. <laughs> yeah, if you, you look go. at it that way, it's right. pretty good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I was impressed with, with what I saw. So I mean, how I. could you not be? But uh, even before he, he breaks that 43 yarder, um, like the make you miss ability that I wasn't necessarily like to make the first guy miss. And, you know, some of those are ones where he's totally bouncing it outside. It reminds you a little bit of like Miles Sanders at his worst when he wasn't following blocks. Mm -hmm. It didn't really seem to me like DeAndre Swift was necessarily missing open holes um, in search of bigger plays. It seemed like when he did that, it was because it wasn't necessarily blocked perfectly. I, I I would like to rewatch the film, obviously, yeah, but I, I, sure. thought he, I thought he ran pretty well. Yeah, Chris Nevin uh, I mean, you know, says kind of, I think, what we're all alluding to. He's like, the best part is he knew when he uh, could commit to just going down and kind of when uh, the edge was closing up on him, and he, and he took what was given to him and, and, uh, and just went with it. And, and you know, he, was, he seemed to always kind of get that three, four yards, even on the plays that weren't a little bit bigger. Uh, you know, he was always kind of putting you in those positions to, to chop away and get a first down. Uh, how about Jake Elliott going 61 yards again? He is, uh, he's unreal. Jake Elliott is a phenomenal NFL kicker. He's really good. Uh, and I loved that, that like childish look <laughs> yeah. on his face. He's looking at Maialata because he looks like yeah. a 12 year old and Maialata looks like a, a mammoth and he's just kind of like smiling at him like, yeah, I did it, yeah, Jordan, like, I did yeah, it. Yeah, like, <laughs> look at me, dad, I did it. Like, Are you proud I was of able to yet? reach the sink for the first time <laughs> all by myself. Yeah, uh, Jake Elliott is a, in a, a huge asset for this team. He is, he's really good at kicking footballs. It's pretty much the job. Yeah, it's a full-time <laughs> job. He makes good money to kick those yeah. footballs. Yeah, and what a holder there in Sipos. Oh, yeah. You can't get rid of him for that reason. Um, what do you think about Sipos? I hear a lot of people on Twitter, like, every time Sipos gets involved in the game. People get angry. At, like, real like, angry. Yeah. And I think he's got good distance on his punts when he's not, like, botching them. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. He's, like, uh, a replacement-level kicker. He's one of probably, you know, one of the – 
Like he's not in the top twenty, but yeah. he's somewhere between twenty and forty. He's fine in the league. He, like, what you know, they, he probably deserves a job. A like yeah. Like it's such an irrelevant. Punting is like borderline irrelevant in the NFL anymore, especially with our coaching staff. Well, right. Like the the whole purpose of the game is for him to not do his job. Like you don't <laughs> want him to do his job, right? Yeah. And you just got to flip the field occasionally. But I, I, you know, there is also a part of me that that thinks you could probably do better. Yeah, um, I would. And think like, so. I don't think you should keep him just to maintain the field goal mechanics. If there's a better punter out there, you should get the better punter. Sure. But um, I'm not a hundred percent convinced. That there is now, uh, I would I would concede all expertise here to the punt runs, the puntalytics people, uh, <laughs> who tell us that that Blake Gillikin is the best guy out there, but Sipos not that bad. Yeah, no, I I think the uh, the Twitter rage towards Sipos is uh, a little. I think unfair. Yeah, yeah, like he's fine. What's your what's your general Eagles special teams take? Um, it seems okay. They were lucky on the one fumble. Was that uh, who? Who was that? That punched. I think that Evans out? punched it out. It was and Evans. Morrow, and then he, Morrow recovered it. And Evans recovered two fumbles today. He recovered the, the, the one was Maddox fumble, and then the other one was called back. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, special teams. They lost, you know, some some pretty big players last year uh, from that team. So they had to replace them. It's probably going to be a little bit of a learning curve. I still have a little PTSD from that punt return in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Um, so hopefully, hopefully it's fine. But you know, they definitely took a hit in the off season. The, my my contrarianism on the special teams is on two of those things: the Super Bowl. I mean, they were going to score anyway. Yeah, probably. I mean, that often they didn't, didn't get to stop three. the entire second half. They were going to stop them then. Yeah, yeah. Break. yeah. Uh, and then two, it's just I think that everybody has to think about special teams like they do about linebacker and safety, mm -hmm. and understand that they're not putting any resources no. there. It's like they're only giving Michael Clay very, very young players. Last year, they were by far the youngest special teams group in the league. And Sean Bradley was a big loss on, on special yeah, teams. They lost like I think four or five of the, the guys who took the most seven snap, the, the seven most snaps on special teams. Yeah, so uh, it's always going to be a work in progress. Again, kind of the same thing. Covey uh, in the return game. Yeah, we didn't even talk about it. that. Was a bad fumble. Like, that was a real it, bad fumble. You know, if you're Britton Covey, you can't be fumbling the ball away. No, no, you can't. Like. He's okay. I feel like you could do better. He's like the Aaron Sipos of punt returners. Yeah, yeah, like it's just okay. And he's gonna go get you know backpacked by his girlfriend on on TikTok or whatever. It's it's fine. I don't even know what that means. Oh, you didn't see that last no. year? His girlfriend like picked picked him up and wore him as like a backpack. Oh, I don't think I saw that. Oh no, yeah, because okay. he's so tiny. His girlfriend was uh, tossing him around a little bit. Good for him. Yeah, um, you could probably do better, but like. You can't fumble that there. As a punt returner or for, I guess it's his wife. <laughs> or yeah. wife, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, as a punt returner, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and I think her caption at the time was like, yeah, he's an NFL player. Like the paychecks are sweet or something like that. Mm -hmm. And she's like wearing them around their apartment. I was like, pretty fun. Yeah, it is pretty funny. Yeah, um, would I like an upgrade at punt returner? <laughs> yes, I would. But at the same time, how many punts are you returning a game? Three. Yeah, you'd probably rather have an, an upgraded linebacker first, right? But Absolutely. Also, probably harder to find. Yes, and uh, the Eagles, uh, you know, old philosophy. Look, TJ Edwards kind of bucked their trend of because he emerged as a really right. good player. They still weren't really necessarily investing it. Kaiser White was even kind of a late, if I'm not mistaken, he signed in like July or something uh, as a relatively cheap one-year deal. So, you know, it's not like they all of a sudden believed in investing in the linebackers. No, they, they hit on TJ Edwards, who became a nice player, and Kaiser White was serviceable, you know, better in the first 12 weeks of the year than he was in the final, like, five. Yeah. Um, but they still don't believe in investing in linebackers. So it's, 
it's showing itself again. I know you're a devout Christian, Ellis guy, that mm, is. Yes, that's right. Um, and, you know, he, he barely he played at the end of this game. But, yeah, I mean, they went they went Morrow and, um, and Cunningham over him. Uh, that's probably why the game was so close. <laughs> yeah, and now he's got to go face Baker Mayfield next. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, all the devout Christians out there got to get ready for uh, Baker time. Yeah, I feel like we need to maybe we'll work on the graphics for a segment for like the Church of Christian. Oh. Yeah, which <laughs> unfortunately our membership is dwindling at the moment. Um, I just like the, the Hertz thing. I need him to get hit less. It just takes away like the, the whole upside of the team this season, in my estimation, was the defense needs to, you know, be able to to get some big plays and some takeaways, but they're not going to be a top five defense. That's not what they're designed to be. Um, you need to hope that they're like somewhere in the back end of the top 10, more likely like, you know, between 10 and 15. What is going to carry this team to their ceiling is the offense continuing to be a top three, borderline top five offense. And it's great if you can run down people's throats. That's awesome. But if they can't be a really, really good, efficient passing offense, they're not going to be a top three offense in the league. And then all of a sudden, it's just sort of an okay team and not a Super Bowl ceiling type team. Yeah, my fears certainly weren't calmed about the offense tonight. Um, you know, I know those Devontae Smith plays are great, uh, but as you said, nothing between 12 and 50 yeah. yards on the field tonight. Uh, it's funny because his no Hertz's number is 18 of 23. Like, Watching that game, you know, <laughs> there were certainly more than 23 dropbacks, but there were so many times when he, he's sitting there, he's sitting there, and then he takes a sack or he has to scramble. It's like, yeah, it's not ideal. Yeah, the offensive line looked good tonight in, in a lot of those pockets. But, yeah, it, it did seem like he wasn't Jalen of last year yet. Hopefully it's just, you know, this new preseason of football in September. Uh, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a little bit more fear than that. Yeah, I'm worried because, you know, it feels like it would be easier to flip a switch from, like, um, bad throws, like, missing throws, than it is from, like, not seeing the full picture. Yeah. And right now, again, without having, you know, watched the All-22, it feels like he's not seeing the full picture and he's not trusting what he's supposed to see. Is it possible it's a learning curve with the new Brian Johnson offense? I would hope so for it, their for Yeah, for their it doesn't hope. look that different from what Shane Steichen was doing uh, in terms of the philosophy, mm. but guys aren't... Oh, like last year, part of his you know surge to stardom was guys were getting really open and he was making all the right reads. So far, I'm not seeing, and again, we haven't seen you know any of the tape yet, so maybe guys are open and he's missing them, or maybe they're just not open. Um, I don't know. It seems like guys need to get schemed a little bit more open here in this offense. How about you guys in the chat? Let us know uh, wh how you feel about, I guess, the game as a whole, but also Jalen Hurts right now. Uh, Jason, I see, says there was one point when he held the ball for over eight seconds. How do you not find somebody open? I mean... Fair question. Yeah. Uh, and Eric said, Kelsey says defenses are really uh, running exotic looks at them so far. Well, yeah, that's what happens when your offense, you know, teams spend off. Sure. And, and, you know, this was also a short week, right? Sure. Uh, you know, you expected Brian Flores to throw a bunch of stuff at them. 
And part of that gamble is that sometimes, you know, they get those sacks where Cam Jurgens is coming across and can't get Jordan Hicks in time. And sometimes it means that there's a guy wide open and he gets to throw a, an easy touchdown to Devontae Smith. But, you know, the Bucks defense next week is going to be good, too. Like, Todd yeah. Bowles has a good book on, on Jalen Hurts also. Like, you know, that, that's not really a great excuse. Yeah, Ryan Johnson in the chat makes a good point. He said, you know, a lot of times here the Vikings were only rushing three and just dropping people back. And I think, you know, part of this book being out on the offense, I don't want to say a dedicated spy on Hurts, but somebody on the defense both weeks has been very conscientious of getting outside the tackles and kind of playing like that soft zone slash hurts, you know, uh, devout Yeah, being able to spam those quarterback draws has not worked very well. No, they should next week, you know, next Monday when they take the the Bucks on down in Tampa, I want to see the game started off with just kind of pounding the rock and, you know, make the defense get a little more honest and then open up the Mm -hmm. passing game. I don't want to start with these QB draws and, uh, you know, taking deep shots. Uh, I, I want to, you know, God, I sound like such a hoagie mouth, old school Philadelphia mm. man. But like, I, I do. Well, this I, was that kind of game. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. I want to see. I want to. That's what they do great. You know what I mean? That offensive line, they're maulers. So just, just start. You know, throwing people around. DeAndre Swift has shown you he's very, very capable. Uh, and, and approach the offense that way. Don't get too cute too early. Pound the rock, make the defense honest, and then start start passing. Um, we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting to see what Brian Johnson does versus Tampa. You say uh, hoagie mouth. We say concussion uncle, uh, <laughs> where we're from. And what a game for them this was. I mean, uh, 259 to 28, as we said, on the ground. Whew. And the uh, time of possession, basically 40 minutes to 20 minutes. So basically double the up. Yeah, at some point in the second quarter, we were like, yeah. The, the game Viking, was flying by in the second the quarter. The first half was so fast. Yeah. And then the third quarter might have been the longest quarter <laughs> in football history. Um, but, yeah, the Vikings just really weren't uh, having that many possessions in the, in the first half there. Uh, you know, if you hold on to the ball 40 minutes to the other team's 20, I would think the record of that stat would be astronomically in favor of the team with the 40 minutes. Like, you're going to win most of those games. I think that's most likely right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we didn't stat deep dive that one. I don't even know how the hell you would go about that. But, uh, yeah, that's a winning formula right there. Here's a uh, a quote from the locker room for uh, Devontae Smith on DeAndre Swift. This is courtesy of Josh Tolentino. Shout out to Josh. Uh, And... Cover your ears, kids. That's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> That's great. So, I mean, D- Devontae is a, a man of few words, and I think he got to the point. Yeah. There. Yeah. I mean, I can't disagree with anything he said. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, all right. Let's talk about game time. Now, it is probably at this point a little bit too late to get a ticket to the Eagles game tonight. But that doesn't mean you can't still be in the market. And now you know for next time. So, if you're waiting, if you're the kind of person like me who's a procrastinator and you want to wait and wait and wait and see what the best deal is at the last second, game time is perfect for you because it is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Flash deals on last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of the seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, 
and they send it right to your phone. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So get images of your seat, buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. So all you gotta do is download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. One more time, as you see on the bottom, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for 20 bones off. Uh, here's another quote from the locker room from our uh, player of the night, uh, DeAndre Swift. On uh, his see, I was going to go with Christian Ellis, but... <laughs> uh, 28 carries, 175 yards. I feel like I didn't even scratch the surface. Wow. How about that? I what mean, a flex. I, I, and speaking of big flexes, and I'm that's an unbelievable that setup, Jamie, DeAndre. because you have perfectly set up the man who I believe invented DeAndre Swift. Uh, he <laughs> is from Philadelphia, and I believe gave birth to DeAndre Swift. Wow. Zach, what a night for your boy. Take a, take a whiff. Put that chest out. Slight technical difficulties here, Zach. Is, we can't uh, we hear can't you at the moment. Yet. Hold uh, on one sec. He was talking about how painful the delivery was mm. of DeAndre, I think. Yeah, that's right. You know, and, and the postpartum he experienced. Uh, okay. There we go. Uh, we got What's up, now? Zach? You got me now? We, got just, me now? we just gave it an epidural. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Okay. So <laughs> I actually have something for Jamie here specifically. Okay. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I asked him. I asked him the last time he had a game like this. I don't know. Oh, if no, you don't you say this out, Zach. Oh, okay. This already came up, huh? No, 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 so no, no. I just know where you're going. Guessing. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I asked him the last time he had a game like this. And he said, at St. Joe's Prep. And so someone said, which game? And he said, anytime we play LaSalle. Ah, <laughs> boo! <laughs> um, but no, this was... Uh, That's awesome, actually. You just said I the quote feel like, there and, and, and so, Zach... Quickly, after he said that, who's the person who picked you up after you fainted and fell to the ground? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I look, first game back home, he acknowledged it. He said this is full circle for him. As, as Jamie referenced the quote, he said he's just scratching the surface. He, he's kind of had this rep that he can't take on a full load. He said he's, he showed that tonight. He said he's been in backfields throughout his career, whether it was at Georgia whether it was with the Lions, where they, it was pretty crowded. And so this is the second most carries of his career. Even when he oh, was wow. at the prep, the, the, the games were, were usually finished by halftime, right? So he wasn't getting these types of carries. Um, I spoke to Alamdi Zacchaeus, his, his high school teammate, and Zacchaeus is like, yeah, this is, this is what I'm used to seeing, right? So uh, big game from DeAndre Swift. Jordan Mailata said uh, Swift owes him a steak dinner because uh, the O-line opened the holes, but he said it can't just be the O-line. The backs have to do it. And so a uh, big game from DeAndre Swift tonight. Uh, Zach, we haven't had a chance to watch the, the Nick Sirianni press conference. So what were the, what were the big takeaways from him? Yeah. And uh, are there any of these injuries that are serious concerns? So I, I was not in on Sirianni tonight. I didn't want to miss a few of the guys in the locker room. Um, I will catch up on uh, Sirianni in a few minutes, but I wanted to make sure that when I got in front of you guys tonight, that I hit a lot of the key guys in the locker room. Uh, and wow. I, 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 didn't thought, want to I thought you were going to go Sirianni. I thought you were going to go press conference of record. Good for you. 
So, Bo, this is this is actually is this was something that was conflicting me during the night. I always I go to so. Sirianni. I, I think it's very important yeah. to sit in that seat right in front of him. But I'm I'm, I'm usually here with you, and I'm solo tonight. And I I understand that as as much as I want to ask those questions to Sirianni, questions are going to be asked. I'll be able to see the transcript, and there are guys in the locker room who I I won't be able to talk to unless I'm in there. So I was I was working the room tonight in your honor. So, Zach, uh, curious, the one I'm uh, looking out for here is Avante Maddox. Was he walking around the locker room? Was he back getting treatment? Any kind of early word what that might be? Yeah, he was uh, He was not in the locker room ton, uh, tonight when I got in there. Um, neither was A.J. Brown, by the way. Uh, I, I imagine we'll be asking about that one. Spicy. But, uh, no, yeah, he was, he was not in the locker room when I went in there. Well, you just talked about it, Zach. What is, what is your read on the A.J. Brown sideline kerfuffle. What was your angle of it uh, from the press box? What, what more can you tell us? Honestly, the TV cameras caught it better than I could see. Uh, and that's what made me, that's what made me aware of it. Uh, look, they were running a lot, as, as you guys saw. Um, the passing game, the, A.J. wasn't really involved. I, I don't want to speculate as, as to what, what was uh, going on. We'll find out more. But uh, after, that, after that interaction... AJ was was targeted pretty quickly, right? And uh, yeah. he obviously caught the touchdown. And then they get that got out of field goal range, taken yeah. back. Yeah, and then he got pulled down in the end zone, no flag. Um, but AJ is going to have his games. Uh, Zach, if you had to guess, and you're only guessing, you know, the the film isn't out yet. How much of the first half struggles with the offense? Did you get the impression was Jalen versus kind of Brian Johnson and the new OC and the play calling? Because it looked like Jalen was a little hesitant there in the first half. Uh, you know, missed a read on the uh, on a DeAndre Swift, you know, potential big play, and then the interception. I thought was more on Jalen. How much? How do you kind of divvy that pie up, or is it just September football? I usually allocate it to the player. Honestly, uh, the ball's in Jalen's hands. Um, you know, what's the expression? You have to overcome coaching sometimes, right? And and that's that's how I view it. Uh, now, I think Brian Johnson could have put them in a better position, put him and them in a better position. But I, I, I didn't think Jalen played particularly well. I, I thought the, the two passes to, to Devontae were high-level throws, right? Now, the second one... You know, Devontae was wide open, but 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 nonetheless, he he, he I got the him there. The first one actually was a little bit underthrown. It was. It should have been a touchdown, okay. honestly. Okay. Okay. Fair I mean, enough. You you had a better angle um, than I did, but um, no, the TV camera had it. That was actually the far side, and and you know how these barriers are. Well, you know you got. Oh no, the barriers. <laughs> <your head. laughs> um, but uh, yeah, then I I thought Jalen uh, missed on a few throws there. Certainly the interception. I don't know if the interception, he was kind of viewing it like a punt almost. You know, it was, it was third and long, and he was throwing it up. But He wasn't that far downfield. I can't imagine that. Yeah. So, no, I, I – uh, and in the, in, the, in the locker room, I'll say the thought was they could play better than they did, right? That was one of the, the, the prevailing thoughts from the team, uh, especially, you know, Landon Dickerson said that. A few of the other guys said that, that they can and, and need to be better. Uh, so I, I will hear what Jalen said. I wanted to rush up here to make sure that I didn't miss you guys because actually Jalen hasn't spoken or, or hadn't spoken when I wow. uh, ran up there. But, uh, yeah, I, I know what the post-game show, what you're counting on me. What a yeah. this is. <laughs> well, well hope, you know, I mean, hopefully they, uh, 
Go ahead. I, I was going to say, hopefully they expedite this <laughs> more in the future because I want to make sure I, I get on with you guys, but I, I, I don't want to miss I, I don't want to miss the players either. But uh, Jalen takes know, I, his time. I, I, yes, and well, I knew there man. was like he's twenty minutes up. left. Yeah, yeah, there was twenty minutes left in the show, and and Jalen hadn't gone yet, and I, I said, you know, duty calls. So I ran up. Man is a company man. So well, Zach, uh, speaking of Jalen's, Jalen Carter. Wow. The Eagles might have really lucked into something special. Uh, Bo and I have been talking about it. The two storylines for us were DeAndre Swift in the defensive line. Josh Sweat had a monster game. Uh, Jalen Carter, yeah. Jordan Davis, and Fletcher Cox. I mean, Fletcher Cox looks like he's 27 years old again. Uh, I guess this isn't really a question, just kind of a bouquet thrown at the defensive line. Uh, but I thought they were spectacular tonight. Was there any chatter in the locker room about uh, how they felt? Oh sure, I mean, that that that's a group. This is this is what they're paid for. That it's built around them. I've heard Fletcher Cox for twelve years tell me it starts. It it it, it all starts up front with with that group. And you saw that tonight. I spoke to Josh Sweat after the game. He had his thirtieth sack. Uh, he he knew he came in with twenty nine. Uh, kind of registered when we were speaking that he got thirty. He says he usually looks at the end of the year and kind of tallies up where he is. Uh, but Sweat had that huge strip sack. I actually thought he got held on uh, the near touchdown. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry, on he the did. touchdown. Um, that led. But overall, that group was was happy with the way they played. Of course, you know they they made the difference on the defensive side. Uh, I, I I spoke to Slay. Slay referenced the turnovers that they were forcing. He says that's you know a big point of emphasis, obviously, and it's it's happened now in back to back weeks. But really, it starts with the defensive line. So, Zach, I mean, you and I are used to watching these games together. You know, I, I usually have a better sense of how you feel about a game. Just generally speaking, are you feeling right now more encouraged by the dominance of the lines of scrimmage on both sides of the ball and thinking this is a team that can beat people up? Or are you coming away from these two games a little bit more worried about a passing offense that was supposed to be really, really good and looks borderline broken at the moment? I see your point on the on the latter. I give them the benefit of the doubt because I think they have the tools to fix it. Uh, but certainly the evidence isn't there through through two games. Um, I got to imagine that you know when you can get the ball to Goddard, you get the ball to AJ, get the ball to Devontae, you'll be fine with Jalen at quarterback. But there is work to do there. My my prevailing thought is is the line of scrimmage now. The offensive line, I, I, I didn't think, did a very good job pass blocking. I, I thought Jalen was under duress a little too often. Um, I think a lot but, of those were the ball needed to be out. Like, Okay, okay, maybe so. Um, I'll, I'll defer to you there. Um, but I, I, I thought that, obviously, the run blocking, and you know, Landon Dickerson said what he's always said, you'd, you'd, you'd rather hit somebody than get hit, right? And, and when you're run blocking, you're going forward, and you're pass blocking, you're going back. Uh, so I, I, my read on it was that the offensive line played really well. This defensive line is a force. We've seen that in, in you know, the fourth quarter against the Patriots and really throughout the game today. So I think they're, they're going to be fine there. Uh, but the passing game does need to improve, and they need better play from Jalen Hurts. And my guess is Jalen will be the first one to tell you that as well. Zach, what do you make of the um, kind of Dallas Goddard ineffectiveness here through two games? Uh, you know, just kind of seemed to get a couple of those two and three yard, just a little dump off plays tonight. Hasn't really found a groove yet. Uh, looking too much into it, early season stuff. Uh, what do you make of that? 
always sees the stuff. Now they they did they did feed him the ball early, right? He he had I think uh, two targets on the first drive, four targets on the first two drives. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I I spoke to Dallas after after the game. He said defenses are are doing a few things differently to him. Um, I think that's going to come with time. I think that's that's one of those regression to the mean type things where eventually he's he's going to have a big game and it's going to look normal. But no, the only guy who it's it's kind of really clicking for right now is is Devontae. Uh, now I, I thought AJ made a nice play on the touchdown, uh, but obviously called back. But yeah, Devontae's the one who who was the uh, the the big play guy in the passing offense tonight. Now Zach, it would not be a post game show between the two of us if I didn't sort of waste some time going after or, or going over the results of our pregame uh, draft. Okay. So I thought we were going to do this on tomorrow's show, but let's do it tonight. Okay. Let's quickly talk Goose Wisely. Uh, you okay. went, uh, the Eagles throw the ball to Dallas Goddard on the first play from scrimmage. Didn't happen. Mm. Uh, Didn't happen. Darius Slay gets an interception. That was my golden goose. Uh, mm. Did not happen. Kirk Cousins has either at least two turnovers or an interception in the red zone. Didn't happen. The Eagles have over three and a half sacks. Didn't happen. But you threw your golden uh, egg on Justin Jefferson finishes the game with a prime number of catches. He had 11 catches, Zach. You hit that. That's two eggs for you. Boom. Then uh, Jalen Hurts under 20 rushing yards. I don't even have a LaSalle education, yards. and I know 11 is a prime number. <laughs> yeah, you just had that nice GA education. <laughs> you know? uh, a punt is touched by the team. That happened for you. Sidney Brown did that. And then Bo is forced to praise Kirk Cousins on the postgame show. Obviously, I'm not doing that. Uh, so you had three. Cousins I had well, a doubt. In garbage time, like when it didn't matter. <laughs> uh, Dallas Goddard leads the touches, leads the wide receivers and tight ends in touches. I hit that. Justin Jefferson scores a touchdown a yard away. Josh Sweat and Daniil Hunter, your boys, both have sacks. They did. That's two. Under three and a half sacks for the Eagles. That's three. Derek Barnett commits a penalty. Didn't happen. <laughs> Jalen Hurts has a 20-plus yard run. Didn't happen. There is a Hail Mary. Last play of the game, baby. Got that. that. Yeah. Four for me, and then Kirk Cousins makes a play that I cackled about. I actually didn't cackle in this game, but that's a that's a Goose Wisely debut win for me. Just react, please. It's a long season, right? It's week two. Mm. It's a long season. Yeah. You got DeAndre Swift. Okay. You got Josh Sweat. I got Goose Wisely, and I got Christian Ellis yeah. playing like four snaps. Yeah, I got the things that matter. Yeah. How did the how did the middle of the field defense look to you, Zach? Not particularly good. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, <laughs> I, I thought, kind of had his uh, – uh, he, he had his way at one point. He had three catches on four plays there uh, when they were going down to, my, to the uh, north side of the field. Uh, but I, I, I thought, you know, Justin Evans and Terrell Edmonds both were involved in, in takeaways. But I, I didn't think the middle of the field played particularly well. Okay. Do you yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's the, that, uh, of all the things that um, are different between watching on TV and, and watching it in the press box, that's the thing that I have the, the least feel for. So um, okay. I'm interested in your perspective. Yeah, I, I, I thought they were, they, were, they were really looking to Hawkinson, and I thought Hawkinson was the one who, 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 who gave them a bit of trouble there. Hmm. Yeah, did you get any sense of uh, Sidney Brown's kind of snap count tonight? I couldn't really – it was tough to tell on TV how much he actually saw the field – uh, versus Edmonds. Uh, it seemed like Edmonds and Evans were in there the majority of the time. Did you see much from Sidney Brown tonight? Yeah, Brown was used only in, in three safety packages. 
And then on, okay. on special teams, at one point he got a little banged up. He was getting worked on on the sideline. But he was uh, – they on third downs, they went to some three safety packages, and that's when Brown played. Okay. So other than that, Zach, j- last thing, just like you, general vibe of the locker room, all these guys you talked to, any, any other nuggets to pass along or any other just sort of general vibe takes? Yeah, Dallas Goddard said at one point they ran 14 of 17 inside zone plays, uh, which is like a very specific number. Um, so I'm looking forward to going back and watching that. Uh, the vibes were, you know, that there's things to clean up, but they're, 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 they're two and oh, and, uh, that was the big takeaway from a number of, you know, the veteran guys in there. Uh, I'm curious to, to, to see what, uh, Sirianni said. I'll listen back to that once I get off here, but no, it, it, it was, you know, it was a happy locker room. There was, there was music playing when you got in. Uh, DeAndre Swift took a bit of time because I think he went out to do the, the national TV and then he came back. So uh, I was waiting on him in, in the locker room. Um, but overall, it, 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 was a, it was a jovial winner's locker room here. Uh, last one for me, Zach. Was there any uh, talk amongst the offensive players? Uh, you know, I know Kelsey's mentioned it, kind of these new exotic looks the defenses are giving them. Uh, was there much talk about that from, you know, whether it be the offensive linemen or the skill position players? Not post game. Heard that uh, leading into the game, but post game, that's that's not something that that really came up. When I, I spoke to. Uh, Jordan Mailata, I spoke to Landon Dickerson, and, and it, it, the talk was 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 more about exerting their will in the running game. All right. Well, Zach Berman, the Stone Cold Newsman. I I feel like like you know your wife and the whole Berman family needs to be like very excited about the fact that you're not going to be up until six in the morning with our post game pod after a primetime game. How you feeling? I just got this DeAndre Swift story to write. Uh, that will be up on allphly.com by the time our our uh, viewers wake up in the morning. Hopefully. If you if you put that LaSalle quote in, I'm going to log in and delete it, all right? <laughs> that that LaSalle quote's getting in. I've got I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> Yeah, I mean that is buttering here. Zach's yeah. bread. There's <laughs> you would you would you would I mean you'd have to rip his hands off for him not to put that in the story. And he'd probably still type exactly, it with his nose. Yeah. But but Bo, there was there was a piece of paper I saw when I got up to the press box that said the press box is closing three hours after the game tonight. So uh, really, this this would have been a, this would have been a tough one for one of those three a.m. pods. Yeah. Wow. Well, I hope I hope that the uh, you know the gates to the parking lot are open for you by the time you finish writing. That's a fifty-fifty proposition at this point. <laughs> All right, Zach. We'll let you get going. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You and I have uh, a PHLY Eagles regular podcast tomorrow, so uh, get some sleep a after you write that, uh, that DeAndre Swift story. See you then. All right. See you, Zach. Good stuff. I feel like uh, I, like the uh, the gassing up of DeAndre Swift in the locker room is a nice little... Um, That's got to be pretty nice freaking awesome yeah. for him. I mean, you know, you played, you lived, you know, your entire life probably about six miles away. Yeah. You played high school here. You won state titles here. And now you get to come back to Lincoln Financial Field in your first game ever. And you put up 175 in a touchdown. That's awesome. Well, I have this, like, uh, very vivid memory of Hassan Reddick in that, that uh, Niners yeah. game, right? 
He, he gets those sacks. He stands up on the bench and he's shouting, this is my effing city. This is my effing city. And then when I asked the guys <coughs> this summer about who's going to have that, that breakout season, his mind goes to DeAndre Swift. And he says, because I know what it was like to come home um, and, and what that did for me and like the, the extra juice that gave me. I sort of see that happening for him now. You know, every now and then there's a Daryl Worley uh, sure. who that happens to, or uh, <laughs> yeah. who was the the uh, Penn Rashid State defensive? Bailey, was he a local kid? Yeah, but I mean that's yeah, a that's a journeyman yeah. wide receiver. <laughs> you got to give him a little bit of a break. Uh, yeah. Sharif Miller, sure. you know, yeah, not yeah. exactly uh, not exactly hitting, but I guess when it does hit. That's probably, as you said, about as good of a feeling as you can get. I mean, that's what every kid playing football in the backyard dreams of right, right there. So uh, You included. Yeah, yeah. Uh, DeAndre, you know, he's probably having one of the best nights of his life right here uh, tonight. I mean, that's, that's just the stuff dreams are made of right there. That's pretty special. There you go. All right. Well, DeAndre Swift is the, uh, I guess, the, the most vivid memory of this game. Once again, 28 carries for 175 yards. One touchdown, a 43-yarder. Also had, I mean, three catches for six yards. No, no big deal there. But yeah, I would imagine DeAndre's probably a pretty big fan of that offensive line. I would imagine so. As, yeah. as Jordan Mailata said, according to Zach, you know, he owes them a steak dinner. Yeah, so. I would take those big boys out for some some wagyu. I mean, beef. let's let him get his contract yeah, right yeah, yeah. In, the, in the off season and. He, he can probably afford that then. Yeah, it's uh, can afford it now. It's good stuff, and uh, the Eagles are two and zero, and it's going to be nice Sunday to kind of throw on the red zone, kick the feet up, yes. and just take in the league a little bit, and and see, you know, is everybody as rusty as we perceive the Eagles to be? You know, it's weird. They're two and zero. They covered last week. They covered tonight. It was six and a half. They did not. Right on the number, right? Six. Uh, yeah. Six. Yeah. So just missed it by the hook, but yet we feel like. There's all these problems. Yeah. It's weird. Um, so I think that's a good sign because we know there's better potential there still. And and also, like, that is how the schedule is designed for them because the first six games or so are, you know, you sort of need them to come out at least four and two and yeah. probably five and one because that second half schedule is so difficult. Obviously, that, that five-game stretch that goes Cowboys and then the bye and then it's Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks, that six-game stretch, right? So... You know, you're going to get some losses in there. They need to, to bank these wins. And so for them to be able to just play okay and still come out 2-0 is encouraging at least. Yeah, that's great because, you know, we all know how much easier it is to get to a Super Bowl when you're playing games at Lincoln Financial Field. That's exactly so, right. So, you know, if you were 1-1 one one after this, you know, sky might be falling for some. Right. But to be 2-0, it's great. Yeah. And now they've got this this mini buy here to sort of try to figure out what it is that they can fix and, in the and, passing game. And Baker Mayfield, ooh, coming up next. Vita Vea, though, like yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. if the run game is going to work <laughs> quite as well. Against, we got some beef on our line defense. too. That's true. All right, uh, make sure that everybody is liking and subscribing on the YouTube channel. Get all that good stuff. Hook us up, and uh, you know we're we're doing a lot for you. So do what you can do for us. You've got you got a, a, a Phillies show at 10 in the morning tomorrow, Jamie. Yeah, this was a, a rookie scheduling mistake <laughs> on my part. Um, I done fucked up because I wasn't really putting two and two together. Night game, early morning. Uh, but regardless, you know, my youngest is up at 6 a.m., so I'm screwed either way you cut it. So mm. it's all good. I get to talk. come in here tomorrow with Renee and talk a little Phillies baseball. Heading to St. Louis this weekend for a three-game series. Hopefully they can stop their skid and uh, – yeah, we'll be back live tomorrow morning. Well, I hope that everybody tunes in and then tune in after that for uh, the Eagles show with me and Zach. And then you've got Flyers, you've got Sixers, you've got Union stuff too. So check it all out on the YouTube channel. We will be back tomorrow. 
That'll do it for the PHLY Eagles postgame show. Eagles 2-0. and And uh, as always, thanks for watching. For Jamie, for everybody in the back, for Zach, for all of us, for DeAndre and his actual birthing mother. <laughs> Thank you for watching. And as always, we love you. Go Birds. Thank you.